Welcome to the 80s Mom Podcast, where this week we're going to be discussing different methods of schooling. So it's time to lock the bathroom door, pour a glass of wine, and take a deep breath. Welcome to the 80s Mom Podcast. So, Cecily, you ready to jump into this week's topic? Sure. Awesome. So, I quizzed some people on Telegram. I'm in a number of groups on there, including a couple of homeschooling groups. And one of my friends on there, who I've been discussing tablet weaving with, which is a craft I do. And if you follow our MeWe page, you see all kinds of stuff that I make. Because I make a lot of stuff all week um, for my other business. And he said it very succinctly. He said, government schools, stay in your box. Homeschooling, think outside of the box. Unschooling, what box? (laughs) (laughs) So to start out with, I'm going to give some basic definitions of the three types of schooling plus Montessori method, which is a method of home slash unschooling. And then we are going to go into them one by one. So, unschooling is like, think about when your babies were little. All of your children were little. We teach them how to eat and how to sit and how to breastfeed. Because if you breastfeed, you know babies aren't born knowing how to do that very effectively. They know how to do it. (laughs) Just not effectively and so it's a give and take relationship and it's the same with walking and feeding and all of that is unschooling it's not like you sit them down with a book and say memorize how to feed yourself Hmm. so you can think of unschooling that way it's very simplified homeschooling is providing more structure which may or may not involve a curriculum and it And you can use it to help your child discover what their passions in life are and to help them grow those to their biggest advantage and not having, depending on your state and your laws or your country and your laws, not having to worry so much about sitting them down and telling them, you need to memorize what the U.S. Constitution is. Not saying you shouldn't, just saying you wouldn't have to. And then government schooling is basically sit down, shut up, and memorize all of this stuff. And Montessori is a method between homeschooling and unschooling, which is child-led and involves teaching them how to do research and stuff like that. So you could consider it a curriculum, but they also have, here in St. Louis anyway, and it depends on where you live, they have actual schools your children can go to. They do tend to be like private schools and more expensive. Yeah, we have one here, and I think it was 1200 some a year. The one here, I think, is ten grand. Holy crap. I think. They have a scholarship. Oh. That's good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't use... We, do, we don't do Montessori Method. I'd love to do Montessori. We, we kind of do, but we don't. Uh, I really like Montessori Method. So. And... Since we're discussing definitions, I call it government school because it's not public. Nobody can 
you can't just go into your child's classroom and audit what's going on, especially now. They would escort you off of the premises. And if you aren't allowed to see what your children are learning without needing to sign a whole bunch of paperwork, that's not public. A public building is a building that for any reason whatsoever, I can walk in and nobody escorts me off of the premises. Now, obviously, if you have malintent and you are attacking people, that's different. I mean, just peaceably walking in. And you cannot do that in a public school anymore. So they are government schools. They're run by the government and they, and they indoctrinate our children. That is my opinion. Everybody has their own opinions, but you couldn't pay me to put my daughter in a public school. And that's my opinion. So I tend to use the term standard school just because that covers all schools that use classrooms. Like, you know, parochial or charter or public or whatever, just because it works for all of that. Yeah. So, like, standard style school. I feel like everyone pretty much knows what that looks like. Yeah, and that makes sense. The groups I go and call all of that government school. I realize Catholic <laughs> school is slightly different, but the only difference is, as far as I know, you go to church every day. So if that is the only difference, then it's all government. And there's a lot of stuff going on in government schools that I don't agree with right now. Um, a lot of it having to do with sex ed. Yeah. And indoctrination towards the less conservative side of things. I apologize. My phone only decides to go off when we're recording. I'm going to put it on the next <laughs> And I'm not even editing that out this week because we are on a crunch time. Poor Cecily was sick. So if there are any coughs or anything, please forgive poor Cecily. She's feeling Oh, I shouldn't better. be coughing. Oh, that's And funny. I will try to resist the temptation to make the incredibly disgusting noises. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want incredibly disgusting noises. Yes. We will avoid that. Yes, yes, we do. So we'll cover unschooling in a little bit more detail. It's very hands-off with your children, which is basically what I do with Andrea right now. Now she's four, and it's kind of different now than it's going to be, say, when she's eight. <clears throat> so there's no curriculum. It's self-led learning. It, like I said, it is hands-off. So right now, Andrea wants to let's say, learn how to draw. And she's actually getting better at drawing. Some of the stuff is actually recognizable, which is becoming a newer thing, but she's four. Awesome. So I don't sit her down with a drawing book and say, okay, now reproduce the Mona Lisa. You know, it's very much Xandria wants to draw right now. Well, that's what Xandria is doing. Xandria wants to go tend the chickens. That's what she's doing. She... That doesn't mean that there's not a give and take and I'm not like working with her on numbers and letters, but that is much more a natural process of our day. We don't have a certain set time to, okay, you are sitting down now and I am Miss Ray and I am your teacher and now you have to listen to me and you have to <laughs> sit there. It's, it's very much like she'll come up and she'll bring something to me and she'll go, owl, 
I'll say, that is an owl. What does an owl say? And she will go, hoo, hoo. Like, yeah, that's what an owl <laughs> says. Sometimes she'll go, moo, and I'm like, you're a goofball. Because she's four. Yup. And I'll go, what color is that owl? Brown. That's right, that, that owl is brown. What color is that owl's feet? And we'll have a conversation about the things she brought to me. In context mm-hmm. of, like, colors. We don't talk so much about how do you spell owl because identifying letters is a newer thing for her. And it's not accurate. It's like right now, earlier this year, if you asked her how many chickens we had, she would say five. Because to her, five just means a lot. And yes. now if you ask her how many chickens we have, she says ten because now ten is a lot. <laughs> and she recognizes you ask her how many fingers do you have she's like 10 so she she gets the concept of 1 through 10 even though she's not always if you have her count to 10 she can't always do it in order but that's a learning process it's not like we are ingrained naturally to know 1, 2, 3 we just memorized it so much that we know now so that is an example of unschooling. An un- example of homeschooling is like Acellus Academy, which is a private school in California that you do online. <clears throat> it's like the more strict side of homeschooling. They will give you a transcript and all of the stuff. It's like, normally it's like $200 a month or something. Hold on, I will pull it up. I think it's like 200 a class. It's not a class. And the class is X number of classes in X number of weeks. We looked into that, and I I don't remember. That's not But the fee was per the class that you enrolled in. No, it's too Or maybe I'm remembering a different one. Yeah, you're remembering a different one, because I just... Okay. Um, Never mind that. Acellus is $249 a month or $2,400 a year. But they have a scholarship program that lowers that to $80 a month, which would be, I'll map it for you, $960 a year with their scholarship program. But you have to watch a live stream every week. It's like an hour long and it's about different types of topics. But as long as you do that, it's $80 a month, which is really reasonable. Some of us pay more than that in all of our subscription services per month. And, yeah. And it is a good program. And at some point, I may put Zandria back in it, but she's so young. It just wasn't working for her. We had her in it earlier this year and we pulled her. We put her in ABC Mouse, which is a different type of homeschooling curriculum. Now, we've talked about this before with screen time and interactive screen time being worse. Yeah. So she's limited to like two days a week of doing ABC Mouse. Because otherwise she becomes uncontrollable. But she does learn things from it. I just have to work with her on it. And that's more of the homeschooling side of what we are doing. Which can be as much or as little curriculum based as you want. Because homeschooling is a... Unschooling is a type of homeschooling. Obviously you're not going to unschool by sending your kids somewhere. (laughs) And... What people need to realize, because I know a lot of people are learning virtually, a lot of kids are, your kids are, and Mm -hmm. you know this firsthand, virtual learning is not homeschooling. It is not anything like what homeschooling looks like. 
at all. As a home slash unschooling mom, I can tell you that <laughs> most days we are not home. You don't homeschool at home. We go to the zoo. We go to the library. We might go to a museum. We go have play dates. We walk in nature. And we talk about the things that we see. And if she's interested, we go look it up. Which is what your kids did a lot when they were homeschooled. Yes. Yes, we have the most well-loved looking set of encyclopedias anywhere. Right? So, virtual learning is not homeschooling. I would not consider Acellus Academy natural. I would not consider Acellus Academy necessarily homeschooling. But... It would be virtual schooling. Yeah, but, yeah, it's virtual schooling, but since they're not on camera, I put it into, like, a homeschooling curriculum because it's different than being on a camera. You're sitting in front of an oh, iPad okay. or whatever. It's videos, and you can do it at your own pace, which is vastly different than virtual schooling, which you're doing it when your teacher tells you to. And I know some people do learning blocks with their homeschooling. Like, I follow homeschooling groups on MeWe, and a lot of them like to talk about learning blocks, or what's the other term for that? Units. Units. And we don't do that. I'm not interested in sitting there and conversing for three to six weeks on a particular topic. I also have a child who's not going to be interested in conversing on a particular topic for three to six weeks. Yeah. And then that's like, kind of a lot when you're four. Yeah. That's kind of a lot when you're older than four. I really mesh better with the uh, more unschooling side of homeschooling. That doesn't mean that we won't sit down and do stuff. But it's just we don't revolve our life around that. We talk about, you know... How many eggs we picked up from the chicken coop today? And how many scoops of food we give Taco? And right now we are working on, it's almost Thanksgiving, it's not Halloween anymore. <laughs> she still thinks it's Halloween, which is fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with thinking it's Halloween every day of the year. But I'm working on kind of teaching her holidays. I always meant to be way more organized than I was. I had grand, grand intentions of, you know, sitting down with books and stuff, and and it always dissolved into unschooling. Well, there's nothing and thankfully, apparently, that, that did well. <laughs> unschooling does well. When it's child-led, it does well. If you're trying to unschool by sitting down with a curriculum, one that's not unschooling and two that's not going to work, you really have to trust your kids. And one thing about unschooling with, like, math, because I see a lot of people worried about their kids being able to do math. When your kid reaches, like, ninth grade age, which is 13, 14, or 14, 15? 14, 15, I think. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think it depends on when you were born, but somewhere in there, you can teach your kids all of the math they need to know for their entire life in a month. And when they are ready, they will tell you. And they will be able to do it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not teaching my daughter how to count. But I'm also not teaching my daughter algebra. 
which actually is really easy to do unschooling. I can teach a person algebra with a knitting pattern. We called algebra girly math. That's where you stall for a flower instead of X. <laughs> That's what B came up with. Well, basically, any math equation is solving for X. 2 plus 2 equals X. Yeah. It's just when you're really little, they use a question mark instead of X. And, and we're working with some adding, but I don't force it on her. Because right now she's not interested. And when she's interested, I talk to her about it. And then she's like, ooh, a flower. Right. Yes, and she, when she's ready for it, it'll go quicker. Yes. And that's the thing you have to, if you're going to do a very light version of homeschooling or unschooling, you need to trust your children. You trusted them when you taught them how to use the toilet. You can trust them now. <laughs> They're not going just like you're like, they won't be in diapers when they go to college. If they go to college, which we're, which we should talk about, we, they're not going to be like one plus two is, is apple. <laughs> I almost said X and that's algebra, not a dumb answer. <laughs> not necessarily a dumb answer, but you can teach your kids physics out of Spider-Man comic books like how long does his web line need to be to get from this building to this building? And you can teach him the Pythagorean theorem that way. You just have Oh my gosh. We had the goofiest conversation once about how Megatron could turn into a pistol to be used by another Decepticon when he's always shown the same size as all the other Decepticons. And... And it was it was a very long car ride. That actually sounds like a really cool conversation, though. It was. It was just a very long car ride. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to accept... I have no idea. It's cartoon physics. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah. But you can teach your kids a lot of stuff if you teach yes. what's in your natural environment. You just have to go, what box? I can teach you to count with the weaving that I do because I use so many cards and it's like, okay, five cards in, that card has to go in a different direction than this set of cards and then the tenth card has to go in the same direction as the fifth card and it sounds way more complicated than it actually is, but I can teach you that. I can teach you algebra off of a knitting pattern. I actually had a friend when I lived in Springfield who you've never met named Bill. And he and we were talking about teaching the homeless how to knit their own wool hats. And he said, and I said, well, you know, some of these people have mental disorders and they can't count. He said, anybody who can count to 10 can follow a knitted pattern. which I've actually found useful for my knitting because I always mark off my stitches in tens and then it's easier because counting to 10, you're less likely to lose track of where you are than yeah. counting to 200. <laughs> and it's, it is doable. You just have to trust your children. You can't believe that they're stupid and you can't believe that they will never learn. And if you're thinking about going from government schooling 
to homeschooling, you also have to remember there's going to be a decompression period where they're not going to want to do anything. And you have to be okay with this and you need to give them at least a month to unprogram from all of that and just do nothing. Eventually, they will get sick of watching cartoons and playing video games. <laughs> and you can have a lot of lessons about video games. Maybe they're playing so many video games because they would like to learn how to design video games. Then you can watch YouTube videos on how to design video games. And you know what you need to design video games? Math and English. A lot of math. Lots of math. And English to explain a storyline. Because maybe they're passionate about that. You can't go, oh, my kid is doing nothing. They should be sitting here writing five paragraph essays. You should go, they're into video games. They like this video game. Can... Can you write down the storyline for me? Because I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> what box? So it's it's not impossible. And while we're talking about this, I'm going to go ahead and talk about college before we get into government schools because I have a whole lot to say about government schools. <laughs> um, I do not, absolutely do not believe that you should push your kids to go to college unless... They have a very firm plan that they can lay out for you in detail. Because otherwise your kids are going to end up in a load of debt, high, and not be yep. able to pay it off. And going in for a degree in what a podcaster I listen to calls basically underwater basket weaving is not going to yes. help them live their life. Having a degree in gender studies is not going to help them live their life no. unless they have a plan. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's unlikely. I am a liberal arts student with an English degree, and if they said tomorrow, Hey, Ray, we will forgive all of your student loans if you return your diploma. I would be there so fast I'd get pulled over for speeding. <laughs> Because let me tell you what I need to be a writer. What kind of degree do I need to write novels? Oh, right. I don't need one. Yeah. What degree do I need to... Well, I did get good information about breaking down themes in novels. But let me tell you what. I could probably have gotten that for free on YouTube. And I enjoy doing that. I'm not saying I don't. But it's... It doesn't bring money into my family. I am an artisan, and that is how I bring money into my family. I'm also a stay-at-home mom, which means I do not have a what you would consider a regular job. What most of us would consider a regular job. Like, when I was a housewife before we had Xandria, my dad's like, So, when are you getting a real job? <laughs> and I was like, My husband is happy with this arrangement. I'm happy with this arrangement. Why do you have a problem with this arrangement? And that's also part it's of the It's a very room. good arrangement. It's a very... I like it. You like it. You know? And that's part of the reason why we're here, too. We are two stay-at-home moms of kids on single incomes of less than $60,000 a year, if I remember correctly, for both of us. Yep. Yeah. So, we are not living in mansions. We're living in, like, 800-square-feet house, pinching pennies trying to save money, which is why we've talked about budgeting. And we manage just fine. 
people can live on a one income household. And if that's what you want to do and somebody gives you flack for it, you tell them, if I don't have a problem with this and my husband doesn't have a problem with this or my partner, why do you have a problem with this? Why is it your concern what I do with my life and how I raise my children? Because it's not their concern and really ain't none of their business. So I am adequate. I used to go for it. Uh, oh, well, I was I was just gonna say I used to get comments at church about you know how wonderful it was that I could stay home, and I I was thinking to myself. Of course, I never said it. You know, well, I we don't drive a car that looks like yours. <laughs> yeah, we have the crappiest looking car in the parking lot. <laughs> That's how I stay home. <laughs> yeah. Well. I mean, we've got a 2010 and a 2001. We have two yeah. cars that are at or above 250,000 miles. And right now I've got a tire that is constantly going flat, which is great. But it's manageable. The one thing you can't do is try to stay keep up with the Joneses. You can't always have yeah. like the newest video game consoles. Or, you know, Pier 1 import furniture. My house is an ode to the Habitat for Humanity Restore and Goodwill. <laughs> and we have some nice stuff that we got secondhand. I was telling somebody today, I have Lala Rue clothes. I get them for free on Facebook Marketplace when people clear out their wardrobes. People throw out their wardrobes? Well, they post it for free on Facebook. That's how I got my tea turtle okay. shirt that has this stabby unicorn on it that says I will cut you with a um, shank tied to his horn. <laughs> tea turtle shirts are like 30 bucks. I got that for free. Yeah. You just, I think that is the saying for this episode. You have to go, what box? I don't live in a box. And you have to be inventive. You... Well, I guess that goes with my take on government schools, kind of. Yeah. Like, you have to learn how to cook from scratch. Ingredients can be cheap. Farmers markets are great places to get very cheap produce. Don't buy your eggs at a farmer's market necessarily. Those can be expensive. I think I sell the cheapest eggs in the St. Louis area. Oh, I'm sure. $2 a dozen. But mostly it's just deferring the cost of chicken feed. Because I have, right now I've got nine, I've got at least 11 dozen eggs on my counter. Because <laughs> the chickens lay eggs every day. I haven't been eating a lot of eggs. I have a lot of eggs. And I'm like, well, I have a lot of eggs. They're not getting eaten. I could at least defer the cost of the chicken feed, which is like $12 for 50 pounds. So I charge for the plastic carton, basically what we bought them for in case they get damaged. And I charge for the chicken feed the chickens take to make your eggs. And I get no profit off of it. I could, but I don't. 
because I'm doing you a favor and you are doing me a favor. I don't have eggs sitting on my counter and you have farm <laughs> eggs. I had one person I sell to who um, knows one of my friends because I really just sell to my friends. Um, who was like, I could post in my neighborhood. I'm like, well, I get like seven dozen a week-ish. And I don't do this as a business. I just have eggs. <laughs> but I'm happy for you to do it, but when I don't have any more eggs, I just don't have any more eggs, and I'm dropping her five dozen tomorrow. Because she's a married, she's a chiropractor. She's married, and they have like two or three kids. And apparently, they go through eggs because two weeks ago I dropped off four dozen. Wow. And that's cool. I'm like, well, they get eggs. And I have count. I have more counter space. They were on the dining room table, but I moved them into the kitchen today because I was so sick of looking at a horizontal surface covered in stuff. And part of the problem was that I have so many chicken eggs that it was impossible to clear the table. So we took the we had a stand mixer that from his parents, and we took that back over to his parents. And then I suddenly had enough room in the kitchen for the eggs, which will make it easier to offload them in the morning too i won't have to walk through the kitchen to the dining room which oh no is so far my house is 800 square feet <laughs> but your house is either about the same size i guess it's about the same size but you don't have a basement so our house is technically bigger but we have a very small house okay so let's talk about government schools and I will let you I will ask you questions but this is mostly your domain I am very much against it I don't like I guess I'll go ahead and do my part I don't like it I am against it I don't like the gender unicorn which is a thing now I I am very conservative as are you we made this podcast mm-hmm. for conservative moms because typically a stay-at-home mom tends to be conservative at least in my estimation and what i've seen so stereotypically yeah stereotypically i don't think gender is a spectrum now i do not care what you do in your bedroom and if you tell me you don't want to be called he or she and you want to be called something else i will certainly do my best to do that for you that is an easy adjustment to make that's a very easy adjustment to make if i misgender you I always apologize, and then I use the correct gender. What my personal beliefs on that are don't matter. I want people around me to be comfortable, and that's fine with me. And as somebody who has a, what they call in the LBGTQIA++ community, a dead name, I completely understand if you are transitioning from one gender to another and want to be, and want to have a different name. Because my name was not Ray Lynn, I have picked my name, and I legally changed it. Now, I have always been a female. I am a biological female. I have carried and borne my own children, but I do have a dead name. So I understand how how that can be important to somebody, which might help. But I don't think we need to be teaching five-year-olds that they aren't necessarily boys or girls. Yeah. And I do not condone or approve of any kind outside of clothing any kind of gender transition before the age of 18 i really prefer it after the age of 23 when you're heaven's bow 
puberty blockers, you don't know what they do. And if you start somebody on hormones, you have chemically castrated them for life. If you put a female on testosterone, they will never be able to carry babies. If you put a male on estrogen, they will never be able to produce babies. And if they change their mind, they have made a decision that has damaged them for the rest of their life. And I see it as my job as a mom to prevent my children from harm. If Xandria decides that she is a male, I am okay with that. That's her decision. It's her body. But I'm not going to let her do anything until she has at least reached 18. Yeah. And that is my opinion. Hashtag unpopular opinion. Yes. If you're not old enough to decide legally that you can smoke, you shouldn't be able to decide that you're going to do things that are completely life-altering. Yeah, and I believe the same, to be fair, I believe the same thing about circumcision. I do not make decisions about other people's bodies. I do not care if they are infants. I do not make the decision to mutilate or modify somebody else's body before the age of 18, and I don't make the decision to do that at all for another person. Also, babies don't get painkillers. We have talked about this. As an adult, it might suck, but you get painkillers. I had teeth removed this year, and let me tell you, it sucks. Painkillers are nice. Yes. So I don't believe in body modification for anybody under the age of 18 or below the age of consent, which in most states is, in fact, 18. So, government schools. Talk to me about this. Okay. Well, see, here's the way I'm looking at it. I went to public school, you know, all all of us did. And the one downside of homeschooling is that if the kid's personality and the parent's personality conflict, it, it doesn't go well. Um, it was great for me and my siblings, but all the great teachers, grad pretty much retired after my first brother graduated. By the time my fourth sibling was going through school, my mom was really, really tired of it. <laughs> she said it made it so much easier when he graduated to go, you know what? I don't have to deal with the school anymore. Yay! It, it kind of cushioned, you know, last kid going off to college. Yeah. But, see, okay, the, we the reason that my youngest went into public school was because I don't think, what the heck was that? I don't know. Gremlins okay. and the... Uh, I don't think it is physically possible for her to get all the interaction she wants in a day. I, this child is an an absolute bottomless pit of socializing and people. Yes. And she was trapped at home all day with me, who I have a really, really well-defined personal bubble, and I really like my solitude. And my son has a really well-designed personal bubble and really likes quiet and solitude. And we were both losing our minds. We were just, <laughs> we were, we were losing our minds. 
And my therapist pointed out very nicely and, you know, subtly that of the kids, I was thinking about putting Patrick in Mm -hmm. just because I was doubting my ability to do anything useful with him because his personality and mine did not go well as far as schooling. He knows a whole bunch. It's because he's devoured an entire set of encyclopedias. (laughs) It's not because he necessarily learned well from me or because I was a terribly good teacher. It's because he reads everything printed. And then he will ask you questions and he will ask you questions until he's got the answers. That's why he knows stuff. And my therapist said, well, you know, you could just give it a try. Free and public education means they can't say no to you. It doesn't matter if you're after the the registration date. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle of a quarter. It doesn't matter if you're five days from winter break. They can't say no to you. And in Illinois, at least, there is no regulation of homeschooling whatsoever. There's not here in Missouri either. It's very hands-off. I don't have to report anything. Yeah, I, it must be just our two states because, like, every other state I've looked at at least has something. There's yeah. at least some kind of testing every few years or something. So we're in a really unique situation here. And that also means that if mid if mid year you decide this just isn't working out for us you can pull your kit no big deal just quit yeah so we decided we would give it a try at the end of the first week okay the first day my son and i spent in bed <laughs> at our opposite ends of the house mm-hmm. he emerged stood in my doorway said food went to the kitchen, and walked back past my doorway with a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter. And that was like our interaction for the day. Because we were so done. Mm -hmm. At the end of the first week, B said she was so excited to go to school tomorrow. And I said, well, you don't have school tomorrow. It's Saturday. It was very sad. Why, Why do we not have school on Saturday? And then it was very sad again when we explained the concept of winter break, which was because it was our year-round school. It was like four weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And people talk about, you know, homeschooled kids, people who are fo- really focused on the government school style of schooling, worry about homeschooled kids growing up weird or like really isolated or anything, I am living proof that you can go through 12 years of government school and be the weirdest, most socially awkward kid there is. Well, and all It doesn't make different. a difference. No, all <laughs> It's the personality. Yeah. My daughter, on the other hand, jumped into school from having been homeschooled and was the popular princess of second grade in, like, a week. Mm-hmm. Everyone adored her. 
she's she's beautiful and charismatic and has all the social skills. And it was just like, I don't know who this kid is. It was really funny because they had made a really big deal of, you know, we'll make sure everyone knows that she's brand new to schooling and she's not going to know how this works and and worrying about her making friends and everything. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I just, just please take my kid. Thank you. <laughs> B has never yeah. had problems making friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's the ringleader of everything. Yeah. So the way I looked at it is, ah, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. There tends to be a binary understanding of what schooling is. You are either homeschooling or government schooling with all of the letter grades and everything attendant with that. And that's cool for B, but I was also looking at Patrick and thinking, you know, to my eyes, he's like fifth grade and he's 13. You know, and every time I tried to push certain things like writing and expressing himself, it didn't go well at all. And the same therapist brought up that, well, you know, you're concerned about him interacting with other kids. No one's interacting with other kids right now. It's <laughs> entirely remote. So maybe this would be the perfect chance to see what grade he's actually at without him having to leave his safe place at home and without, you know, having to take him anywhere else or deal with anything else. They provide the technology. Just, you know, give it a try, see how it goes. And so we did that. Mm -hmm. And somehow he's thriving. I, I don't know why, but... I think it's like that thing where compliments mean more coming from a grown-up who's not your parents. Mm. Because grown-ups who aren't your parents are different. And I guess sometimes kids just butt heads with their parents too much. And you need someone else to do that. And the way I was viewing school and the way I presented it to Patrick was... It's not everything. It's not even most of the things. You just, you're getting a baseline idea of what people expect of someone your age. You're not learning stuff you don't know. You're learning how to learn. Mm -hmm. You're learning how to operate in a classroom. And if you don't like it, well, you know, if you can stick it out to 15, you can take the GED and go to college. Yeah. You'll or have the experience school. of, you know, deadlines and classroom participation and stuff. And you'll know everything that you learn outside of school because school isn't everything. Yeah. The way I look at it is if your kids are in government school, letter grades are only as important as you make them. When he got his first report card, it was all A's and B's. Mm -hmm. To my utter shock. 
<laughs> given that they put him in at eighth grade when I would have put him in at seventh. Mm-hmm. And he had one D, and that was in that was in gym class. And my husband, of course, wanted to know, you know, serious face. Well, why do we have a D in gym class? Well, it's because there's some kind of activity log that Patrick just hadn't figured out how to submit yet. But as I kept saying every time my husband mentioned it, it's it's gym class. No one cares about gym class. It it doesn't count. <laughs> Nobody cares it's, about it's your permanent exercise, record. but it it really it doesn't count. It's not a grade thing. Yeah, I managed to actually so, fail gym in in Springfield. At least the way it used to be, you had elementary, secondary, elementary, middle school, high school. So fifth, sixth grade, secondary, elementary. Oh. Um. So. In fifth grade, I actually managed to fail gym class because I refused to do anything. And let me tell you, it's way harder to fail gym class than to just pass it. <laughs> not virtually. Really? Yeah. I mean, I did not give two craps. I was not the best student back then either. When I moved to Florida in my living situation, we've never talked about the abuse I went through. But when my living situation in Florida was better, I was a straight A student. In everything, including gym. How do you get an A in gym? You do what you're told. Okay, because I'm like the quiet, passive, perfect student of doing what I'm told. I never got an A in gym. It was a school in Florida. I don't even remember. I'm pretty sure I just did what I was told. (laughs) And this is coming from somebody who cannot run more than three paces. I just, I can't. I have never been able to do it. If a wild bear was chasing me, I am dead. <laughs> I am also fat right now. I'm losing, I'm down to 210. I'm losing weight, having modified my diet. But I am just, I've never been very active. I'm just not. It's not my thing. And Jason's like, you should go for walks. And I'm like, effort. <laughs> that means I have to leave the house. Now, I like leaving the house, but I don't like walking mindlessly doing nothing. If we're going to go for a hike that is different, then let's go walk the neighborhood and come back to the house and have having accomplished nothing. I'm like, that's really boring. <laughs> I'd rather do anything else. It's not like gouge my eyes out with a spoon boring, but it's boring to me. You but- need hiking trails. We have hiking trails. I live in St. Louis. There are tons of them. They're just not close by, necessarily. Because I live in St. Uh. Louis. Nothing is close by. It's also, at this point, it's just the wrong time of year. And I always find other things to do. I've always been bad about that. We've talked about hiking in Maine, which I would like to do. I'm just, I'm, I am and have always been, which is probably due to the abuse, a very indoor person. I got the darkest tan I have had in years working the census. That's funny. Yep. I have a tan. I am not day glow. It is weird. <laughs> I was goth when I was younger because it's easy to be day glow when you're goth. Because they don't think you don't think it's weird if you're if I tried to play cowgirl and I'm 
day glow, it looks odd, but if I dress goth, being a wider shade of pale doesn't, you know, turn your head. That's true. So. So, having talked about government schools, I have some basic general thoughts. So, my thing about socialization is, one, you don't go to school to socialize. I'm not saying B doesn't. B could socialize in a vacuum. I've met this child. Yes. She could socialize in a vacuum. <laughs> Can socialize in a vacuum is an excellent way to put it. Yeah. She is a very outgoing child. She she can, but people are like, you can't socialize if you're not in school. Well, the first thing you do when you talk to the person sitting next to you in school is the teacher turns around and says, you're not here for socialization. My teacher in sixth grade wanted to move me so that I might talk to my classmates more. You're just very it was a very love. It was a very weird parent-teacher conference. <laughs> like I this is awkward but I I don't like anyone moving me isn't going to make it better yeah. and my mom and I laughed on the way home about how you know you're not supposed to talk to your classmates I far always, as we knew so you know the funny, it was funny the funny thing is you know I'm extroverted I have social anxiety. I have severe social anxiety, and I'm also severely extroverted, which we've talked about before. It's a lot of fun not. Um, <laughs> it's like living in hell. I want to be around all the people, and when I'm around all the people, I don't want to be around anybody. <laughs> and it's just something that I have to deal with. So I absolutely, positively hated group work in school. I love doing work. I would do anything you asked me to would not work in groups. I hated that too. Right. And you know what? As an adult, I'm the same way. I love working jobs. There are jobs I love working. Dear God, keep me away from other people. <laughs> when I applied for disability because of my anxiety and PTSD, which I did not get, um, they're like, well, you can work. You just can't work with other people. <laughs> Which I was like, well, they're not wrong. <laughs> yup. I am not what one would call a good team player. If you give me benchmarks, I will make I will meet them. You make me work in a group, I have problems. I just do. Because I end up being the person that does all the work. So I hate it. Because I want a good grade, and I don't want my grade based on what you guys are doing. I had to do that in biology lab in college. I hated it so much. The only group work I ever, like, didn't have problems doing was in theater class in college. Because theater is actually easier in groups. <laughs> to at least some extent. But, did just I do not work in groups well. Because I do everything, and because I don't want my grade to suffer because somebody ain't doing their job. Yeah. And another thought about socialization is I do not believe socialization only happens with somebody 18 months older or 18 months younger than you. I have my good friend Ogier is old enough to be my father. 
you are more than 18 months older than me, I think. I have no idea. I've given up understanding anyone else's age. Right. I mean, as adults, we socialize with people much younger than us and much older than us. So, Mm -hmm. why do we insist that a two-year-old can only socialize with two-year-olds or two- and three-year-olds? That is how you get Lord of the Flies. Yeah. (laughs) (coughs) If you haven't read that book, you should read that book. I've read that book. That book is insane. I always get Lord of the Flies. Before I read the book, I always got Lord of the Flies confused with Children of the Corn, but you know what? Coming to think of it, it's very similar. Yeah, yeah, that that works. You still have the same gist. Children without grown-ups, bad idea. Yeah. I also get confused with Catcher in the Rye, but I haven't read that book. I should, but I haven't. I love Catcher in the Rye. I think I tried to read it at one point. I know I tried to read Clockwork Orange, but I couldn't understand it. Which is fine. My taste in books is kind of odd. But socialization with children doesn't only happen with children. Xandria could walk up to any person and socialize with them no matter how old they are. Within reason, because she is four. She will want to. Her ability to is what she may have problems with. Because of her age. But she's never been just socialized with children. She has been socialized with everybody. From almost day one. And I get the thing about, what about socialization? And I'm like, well, she's socializing with you right now. What are you talking about? Yeah. Socialization isn't something that you you teach. It's something that you do and you learn from doing it. Yeah. So I actually... I think it's one of the reasons why people rave about my kids. People in schools rave about my kids is that they were homeschooled and they are used to talking to people who aren't their peers. Well, and that's one thing about homeschooled kids. Yeah. You can can always pick out a homeschooled um, young adult, especially, because they will talk to you like an adult would because they have not been only socialized with people their own age. They have been socialized with all kinds of different people. And you will always be able to pick them out. They're the ones who will shake your hands firmly and look you straight in the eye. Yes. So if you want to consider that weird, yeah, sure, homeschooled kids are weird. But they're not the kind of weird we were raised to believe they would be. Yes. They're the kind of weird that actually does really well. Yeah. And obviously I am very pro-homeschooling, but here's another thing about government schools. The system is exceptionally outdated. It's based on the Prussian system, which was basically made to create a working class for industry. For industry, sorry. I was trying to say industrial, and I mispronounced (laughs) everything. Um... So it was made for somebody to work like at a Ford factory and screw in rivets all day and be okay doing the same thing all day for eight hours. And that is what it was created for. 
And we don't do that anymore. Our society does not do that anymore. So for most kids, it's not going to work. I mean, yeah, you can sit there and inhale a bunch of facts and regurgitate them on a test. But Cecily, when was the last time you had to know what the 10th president of the United States was? Probably the last time my mom asked me. How old would you have been? Just guess. Um, over the age of 30, because my mom is weird. Oh. Okay. I like your mom. King is awesome. She is. I, I will, but, I will agree. But she will also ask, yeah, she, that was one of her concerns after some years of me homeschooling was that my, my children were lacking in areas that I hadn't found interesting. <laughs> I would have to Google who the 10th president of the United States is. I guess I'll do that. I don't know. I Which is part of the um, Polk, maybe? John Tyler. Alrighty. And it, yeah, one of the ones that you don't remember. I just guess what? I just picked a number between 1 and 46. That wasn't like the first five. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could give you the first five if you pressed me. I know I can give you the first three. Yeah. Probably after George Washington, not necessarily in order, but I could give them to you. Like, the gist is, what they're teaching your kids is not what they're going to need to live their life. At one point, I probably would have been able to tell you, at this point in my life, nobody has ever asked me. It holds <laughs> no bearing on my life. Now, I will admit I live a very medievalish kind of life because our business is very medieval-based. I do a lot of medieval reenactments, so I have at least a passing knowledge of a whole lot of stuff before the Industrial Revolution. But that's because I choose to. That is what I am passionate about. And I've built my life around that. And I think your kids deserve the same right to build their lives around what they are interested in. And that's not saying they want to be a world-class violinist at four and you give them violin lessons and after a year they're like, well, this isn't what I want to be into. And they can't find something <laughs> else. At least then they're well-rounded. Yes. I mean, I was and... telling someone just yesterday that my children may not be able to identify what teams play what sports. But... There are vast swaths of, of scientific terms that are used constantly in this house without any context or explanation because, of course, everyone knows what those are. <laughs> I had given a lady a little stuffed ammonite for her baby, and she texted me, what is this again? <laughs> and I sent her the Wikipedia article, and she said, oh, okay, we were calling it isopod because that sounded right. It's like... Yep. Yeah. Yep. That works. In my house, we talk a lot about National Novel Writing Month, which is called NaNoWriMo. It's going on right now, but for my sanity, I am not doing it this year. I am at a year 
Um, world-breaking record of zero words written for me. Wow. Yeah, I've written nothing. I mean, I'm working on a song that I wrote, but filking songs takes longer than a month. I've been working on this song for like two or three months, and I think it's done now, I think. Um, and in November for NaNoWriMo, you write 50,000 words. Well, I throw around terms like NaNoWriMo, Municipal, Liaison, and all of these things. And when I mention them to my dad, he never knows what I'm talking about, but I never think about it. Because in our house, it's just normal words. SCA in our house is a normal word. Garb is normal. Talking about certain aspects of clothing that don't exist anymore in the same kind of way are just normal and we don't think about it. One of my Facebook memories the other day was Beatrix at, I think, six or seven years old, remarking that Cambrian Explosion was much catchier than Bacon Explosion. (laughs) And sadly, I provided no context whatsoever for that Facebook status. There's no further explanation in comments or anything. So I have no idea where that came from, but... Cambrian explosion is really much catchier than bacon explosion. <laughs> Whatever that means. What is bacon explosion? I bet if I, uh, I don't. I know. assume it was a recipe I found or something. There are a lot of recipes for bacon explosion. That is definitely true. Yeah. So you know, Cambrian explosion is far catchier. I don't know what a Cambrian is. Uh, it's one of the periods of time in prehistory. Ah, I see. It comes after Precambrian, if that helps. No, but it makes sense. Yeah. Big explosion of diversity and evolution around that time. Ah. Lots and lots of species and whatnot. I see. That's kind of like me talking about the theme I found in Pet Cemetery of Drug Addiction, which doesn't sound like it actually makes sense, but it does. But only if you're reading for themes. Um, it's an idea for an essay I've been kicking around for the last eight or ten months. I kick around a lot of ideas for essays. It doesn't mean I ever write them, but I kick them around. So we had a couple questions come in from Mimi and Telegram because I'm like, does anybody have any questions we could attempt to answer? And one was, how do you teach a child who's legit smarter than you? And my answer is Google and YouTube. Yes, those are your best friends. You have the internet, use it. This is not the days of George Washington being taught in a one-room schoolhouse. If your child wants to learn about trigonometry, which was the second part of this question, Google and YouTube. Well, I use DuckDuckGo, but, you know, search it. I'm using Google like we use Kleenex. Search engine of your preference. And YouTube. Or video platform of your preference, obviously, because I'm using YouTube pretty generically, too. I'm not on we're not on youtube well we are but i don't post on youtube um and then the second one was how do i get my wife 
the public school teacher on board with homeschooling, and that is more complicated, I think. I don't know that we would necessarily have a good answer for that, except for what box? My answer would be to approach it from the aspect that public school teachers already have quite enough students. And the way I presented it to people who were skeptical about me homeschooling Patrick when he was in like preschool, kindergarten age was, would you really give this child your worst enemy to try and manage with 20 other kids his age? He's going to ask you why all day long. You're never going to get anything done because this child will continue asking you perfectly legitimate questions. He's not going to stop asking them. So why don't I just do that and let the public school teachers deal with the kids they've already got? Right. And public school teachers kind of laughed at that. (laughs) Well, but it works. I also think that they have way too many kids. And at least at this point, and I don't think I'll change my mind, but I always leave the door open to it is possible I will change my mind. I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and I love it. Um, I'm probably the best teacher for my daughter. We're dealing with the speech delay, and even though I often have issues understanding her, I can still understand her better than a complete stranger. Yeah. I also like what you said about letting the kid teach you, because the only way... Yeah, I did that with Patrick. Yeah. Well, the only way to know if somebody actually learns something is to have them teach you. So the first step is, let's say I'm learning how to do something. Somebody teaches me how to do it. Let's say, like, tablet weaving, although I'm entirely self-taught. The best way to prove my knowledge in tablet weaving is to teach somebody else how to do it. And that's how they used to do it. So the best way is to have somebody teach you how to do something and for you to teach somebody else. So if Patrick's into scientific stuff, he watches a YouTube video that teaches him how to do it. Or at least what it is, and then he comes to you and teaches you, and then you know he knows. Yeah. I did that once, because he he is hooked on PBS space-time videos, and I don't understand a word the perfectly adorable Australian astrophysicist says. And it's not the accent, although occasionally it's the accent. Usually it's the fact that he is saying pure gibberish. (laughs) So, then after it, I ask Patrick what he says. And Patrick says it in different gibberish. And then I I have kind of a clue. (laughs) But Patrick being smarter than me is part of why I started homeschooling him. Was because... He had he had a an enormous speech delay. He had all kinds of delays, but 
I was randomly reading an article titled something like why your kid probably isn't gifted explaining what giftedness actually is and that it's not necessarily the kid who does everything early. Sometimes it's the kid who's doing most things late and does one other thing randomly very early. And I remembered all the times that Patrick's therapists would flip out over something I thought was simple because he should have had to be shown that. Mm -hmm. Or calling him our little problem solver through gritted teeth because instead of playing with the toy that was supposed to teach him some fine motor skill, he would have already found the button inside the toy that played the music. And if he could make it play the music, there was no point to the toy. So he would just sit there and press the button. No shape matching or anything. Yeah. And I realized what I was dealing with and looked up to the sky and said, God, I was ready for special needs. I was not ready for this. <laughs> so he wasn't necessarily easy to understand, but he would tell me things persistently until I repeated back the right thing. And one time he used that to tell me that the reflection on his glass of water was an echolite. He brought me a glass of water and said, it a uh, echo white. <laughs> and I repeated back every combination of, I thought I heard it's an acolyte. And no, that was not it. And finally I said, it's an echo light. And he said, yes, very proudly and walked off. <laughs> and then I realized he meant the reflection. And I said, oh, well, an echo is when a sound bounces off of something and comes back. A reflection is when light bounces off of something and comes back. And then I'm like, when did I tell him what an echo was? And he just applied that to the light on the glass. And he's like three years old. Yeah. Oh, crap. So he spent a lot of time telling me things that I didn't know about geography. Because he would read all of the encyclopedias. And then he would try to tell me things about some place I had never heard of. And first I would have to get him to tell me enough of the letters that were in the thing so that I could Google it and figure out what he was actually saying. So have him teach you is a great way to start. Just put the kid on Google and YouTube and then have them teach it to you. Yeah. And we saw... Xandria's GP for her four-year exam, which apparently we did earlier this year, but I don't remember a whole lot of March because I was dealing with a whole lot of PTSD around quarantines. So, and she was like, well, it's not a bad thing. And we were talking about her speech delay. And she asked if it was expressive, which is something me and Jason have talked about. And, we, and I said, yeah, it's just an expressive problem because the brain is there. She knows things. 
she just can't she just can't tell you because she can't get the words out at least in a form that you can understand so yeah it's like a letter formation thing yeah and it's getting better she very clearly yesterday asked my grandma for an apple cool and I was like cool now it's not like a complex sentence it was yes apple please but it's clear and it's in a sentence and it's in a sentence because grandma asked if she wanted an apple because she'd asked earlier and i told her she couldn't have one till after dinner and grandma says you want to give her an apple because she had asked and i'm like oh yeah sure whatever Because I was trying to keep her from eating before dinner because my grandma doesn't like it when Xandria won't sit at the table because I let her graze all day. And I told her it's not exactly a problem of that's what she does at home, which she does to some degree. But we do not keep snack food in the house. I think the only snack food we have is string cheese. So she goes to grandma's and she has apples and bananas and pears and oranges and candy and cookies and crackers and stuff. And she's not around that stuff because we don't have that stuff. So she grazes more there, which means she doesn't sit at the table. But we also don't eat dinner at the table here because of problems I have around that. So she's not really trained to sit at a table for dinner. So I was trying to accommodate my grandma by having her stay at the table and I was trying to accommodate my grandma with her eating by keeping her from eating. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I cared whether she ate an apple or not. It was more that I didn't want to listen to my grandma go on about it later. I love my grandma very, very much. It's just but we raised our children differently. She's like, no, my kids at four could sit at the table and stay there. And I'm like, okay, Grandma. Don't think so. But okay, that's fine. If you say they did, I believe they did. So. I don't think I had anything else on this. Did you have any closing thoughts? Um, basically what's become my mantra is that all you can do is the best you can with what you've got, and if what works out best isn't what your family or your friends think is best, well, it's not their kid, and if they want to take over and do it for you, that's cool, but otherwise... It's whatever works out best for you. I think I have to agree with that. My closing thoughts are, if you have your kids in any kind of classes, government school or not, just watch out for bullying. My husband suffered a lot yeah. of that. Um, and that's obviously not healthy. It's part of the system that they're in. It's just something that comes out of that system when you're only around kids your own age and you have no say over who you spend the entire day with. And now they have social media so they can attack them when they're not at school. So yeah. try to be aware of that. And with that, I'm Ray. I'm Cecily. 
and this is the 80s Mom Podcast. You can find us on MeWe as a page or a group. We are also on Parlor. You can catch up with our podcast. We're about four weeks behind right now on Odyssey, but I post a new one from our backlog every week. And we have a Pinterest, which I think is the only legacy social media we are currently on. You can find us at all of those, 80SMOMPODCAST. As always, our website is 80SMOMPODCAST.COM. And you can reach us at show at 80SMOMPODCAST.COM. If you have any questions or topic ideas, I would certainly love to hear them. Or if you just want to let us know that somebody other than a Russian bot is listening, that would be cool too. I hope... (laughs) I hope everybody has a great week, and remember, you've got this.